This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back. It is a jam-packed Wednesday edition of JJ After Dark. It's John Jastrzemski right here on The Fan. And to give us some clarity about what's to go down in Major League Baseball over the next few weeks, we're going to welcome in, I think he's a rock star. I think he's one of the rising stars in the business. But it's MLB Insider, Tony Gwynn Jr. from Radio.com Sports. And, of course, Insider Calls are brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. Tony Gwynn Jr., what's happening, bro? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Tony, let's start here. As we get ready for this offseason, you're seeing some signings come in. You're waiting for a couple of the big fish to go down. Can you explain to me what baseball is doing with the universal DH? I mean, to me, it's just absolutely outrageous that the National League does not have the designated hitter going into next year. And how many of these teams are kind of in limbo thinking about what their future is going to be? Are we going to see... A universal DH across the board in baseball next year? My guess is no, and uh, you're right. I think it is. Uh, I think Major League Baseball dropped the ball in terms of letting teams know ahead of time what their plan was, uh, or at least having that negotiation with the players' union at an earlier point. I mean, we're sitting here almost in January now, and National League teams don't know, and and. Mike, if I were National League teams, and from what I gather, uh, Major League Baseball sent out a memo to telling teams to prepare as if there won't be a DH, uh, you would like to have that information a little bit earlier. Not only would teams like to have that, but DH markets for like guys like Nelson Cruz and, and, and some of the other prominent bats, uh, those guys would like to know what their market looks like. So, yeah, I think Major League Baseball could have done everybody a solid by uh, having that rule in place one way or the other. But uh, I think eventually we will probably see a universal DH, if not in 2021, in 2022. You get the sense, Tony, this is almost a negotiation tactic and almost a ploy. So they have this for that collective bargaining agreement coming up. I mean, that to me is like the only holdup when you think about it. There's no doubt. But the interesting thing is, Major League Baseball is using the DH as as a bargaining chip, no doubt about it. They know the players want it, but I, my 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 feel is on the player side, they're looking at it like you owners want it just as much as we do. Why should we even negotiate this when we know you guys want it as well? So it'll be interesting to see how that negotiation takes place. 
they got a whole lot of other things to fix besides the DH. Uh, that'll be one of the, the, the smaller things, uh, smaller issues they have to take care of. Tony, as you know, we're doing a show here in New York City. And in an offseason where you're wondering, okay, who is going to be willing to go and spend crazy money? There are a whole lot of Mets fans with their new owner in place, Stevie Cohen, Bobby <laughs> yeah. Axelrod Jr., whatever you want to call them, that think the Mets yeah. are going to be spending like crazy. Is that the sense you've heard from people that you talk to in and out of the sport? I have gotten, from people I've talked to, it's been kind of a mixed crowd. Uh, you do you do have Sandy Alverson who is running the team. So despite Steve Cohen having ownership and having a boatload of money, Sandy's track record has been relatively conservative. Doesn't mean that he won't spend money, but my guess is that uh, is that he won't be spending the type of money that I think people anticipated when Steve Cohen took over over the team. Now that doesn't mean they won't be in the market for some of the top free agents. But it won't be an all-out spending spree like I think most people are expecting. Tony, I'm going to let you put your GM cap on for a minute. I'm going to give you fantasy money. You can spend it any which way you want. If you're the New York Mets, and assuming you're in on one of these big free agents, Springer, Bauer, Riamuto, you can only have one. Who would your choice be? Uh, For me, it's it's pretty simple. It's, It's George Springer. Um, wow, I, I liked him. you, Tony. I, I knew I liked you, Tony Gwynn. <laughs> now I love you, bro. We're on the same <laughs> wavelength with that, man. 1,000%. Why Springer? Well, here's a couple of things. When you base him up against the other three, JT Riabuto has been solid ever since he's come in. I'm not as sold on, on Bauer as everybody else is. Just when you look at his track record, he, he's had two seasons like the one he had last year. Everything in between that is, is – hasn't been up to the standard that I'm willing to spend that kind of money. So that leaves me with George Springer. And, I I mean, I'm a little biased having played against him and and seen him come up through the ranks. But this dude is is a guy. Like, he's a a guy who who can lead the way. He didn't have to in in Houston because there were so many other really good players. But I think he's made for it. Uh, He plays a premier position up the middle, and he can play that position in center field. Um, I, I like him just based on what he brings to the table. Now, offensively, defensively, makeup, uh, he's been on winning. He's been on a championship team before, and I think that kind of leadership that you can get from a guy like that who's looking to step out on his own, it seems like, uh, I think it's, it's, it's what the New York Mets need at this point. And, Tony, I think in New York – it matters that much more. You know we're a city that's always looking for stars, right? We're looking for guys who are going to shine in the big moment. This guy, anytime I watch him in the postseason, you know, the Astros when they won the World Series, he's the MVP. Last year in the playoffs, the guy's hitting 500. That's sort of intangible. Uh, You can't even measure it, you know? Like, for me, having that sort of it factor coming to my team, that's exactly what I'm looking for here in this town. You you can't measure it, and that reason alone, the, the, his performance in, in every postseason that I can remember, I mean, this school, this dude is a threat the very first pitch of every postseason play he's in. So uh, when you when you take into account the type of city New York is, uh, I think he's got tough enough skin to deal with. That's another thing I think people don't account for when somebody comes to New York. 
you got everybody's not built for New York. They just aren't. No matter how much uh, people want to play in this in this city, it's it's not an easy city to 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 be able to adapt to. You got to be the right kind of guy. I think George Springer's that type of guy. Okay, Tony Gwynn Jr. is Trevor Bauer personality wise the sort of guy that you think can handle New York City? Personality wise, absolutely. I think. <laughs> I don't think there is a, there really isn't anything. I, my guess is that Trevor couldn't deal with. I think he, he's the type of guy that goes to the beat of his own drum, and you kind of have to be that type of dude. That uh, I should say, you can be that type of dude who thrives in New York because uh, I think at this point he's received a lot of criticism from different circles, and he doesn't seem to care. And if you have that type of makeup, the city of New York won't won't bother you very much. We got Tony Gwynn Jr., Radio.com, MLB Insider, as we're getting ready for this offseason to really take shape. Uh, Tony, your Padres were awesome last year. You know, I had Jared yeah. Carabas on the show last week, and we were talking about how the Padres were like the late-night West Coast team that everybody wanted to watch. I mean, Tatis Jr. is a stud. Machado had a big bounce-back year. I've always been a big fan of Eric Cosmer. Made it into the postseason. Yeah. Battled the L.A. Dodgers. Tony, do you get the sense that they're going to be a big player here in free agency trying to take a team that's good, uh, a team that's got a lot of talent, but can they maybe make a move or two that can push them to another level perhaps in the National League? I think they'll be active. I personally think this will be A.J. Preller's toughest offseason because when the the two big pieces that – one is going to be away, and that's Mike Clevenger. He's going to miss all of next season. And Denelson Lamette, there's a, there's a huge question mark there. They don't know. He starts his throwing program. He started his throwing program this month. So they're going to learn a lot here in the next couple of weeks in terms of where Denelson Lamette is at. So the moves have to be strategic, uh, but they certainly have to be focused on the start and rotation because the one thing the Padres – had last year that they're going to have back in full effect is that offense. The offense is going to be back as it was last year, but from a pitching standpoint, you you have a lot of question marks. Chris Craddock's coming off of a rough year uh, in which his sophomore season wasn't nearly as good as his first season. Uh, you, as I mentioned, you're missing Mike Clevenger for a year. Denelson Lamette is a question mark. He missed a postseason. That leaves you with Paddock, Davies, and – a guy that you're going to either a young guy or somebody you're going to sign. So there are a lot of holes they got to fill in that starting rotation. But uh, at this point, you'd be a fool to go up against or to to bet against AJ Preller with the work he's done with this organization since he's been here. Tony, last time you were on the show, I was reminiscing about your dad, 98 World Series, great series he had, and my love of the Yankees. Listen, I'm not going to bore you with that this time around. But what I'm going to hit you on, is it's very simple. DJ LeMayu. I love the guy. The guy's a pro's pro. He's got like that it factor we were talking about with Springer. And on a team that has so many guys that strike out, puts the ball in play, dirt dog, professional hitter, every which way. Tony, there's no way in the world the Yankees are going to be dumb enough to let this guy go, right? They, they can't be that stupid. I, I, I mean, listen, it. He, he, DJ is, is, I put him in that self-made category. I mean, he's always hit, but it took him going to New York and playing on that stage to get the credit that he has deserved to have. And uh, he's put himself in a position now 
where other teams have noticed. And I think it's going to put the Yankees in the bind. I think ultimately in the end, I think he ends up in New York. But I think it's going to cost them a little bit more than maybe they anticipated going in. But as you mentioned, he's not a guy that you can let walk out that door at this point. He, he, he has fit into that organization and that clubhouse so perfectly. Uh, I think the Yankees would be making a mistake if they did let him walk. Tony, I'm curious from an outsider's perspective, as a guy who's not living here in New York day in and day out, why the Yankees have built a team that's very good. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, they have been in the playoffs the last four years. They have a lot of star power. Cashman, Aaron Boone, they have a good handle on things. But the team continues to fall short in the postseason. If Tony Gwynn Jr. had to pinpoint one reason why the Yankees keep coming up short in the postseason. What would that be? Honestly, I just think it boils down to injuries the last two seasons. Like, it, to me, it's amazing that they even have been able to do the things they've done with the guys that have been out in the last two years. And I think because they're the Yankees, we just kind of all, especially on the outside, people outside the state, we just kind of all push that aside because they're the Yankees. They're the evil empire. They always get their guys. They have the most money. But the reality is there was some serious moves made by Cashman and that staff there to have the depth to sustain those injuries. If any other team had those type of injuries in the last two years, they're done. We're not even having a conversation about them being in the playoffs. But because the depth was right, I think they were able to to kind of – they were able to overcome those injuries. Now – the one thing you want to have going into a playoff run is a good flow of consistency. And if my mind serves me right, the last two years, the Yankees have been getting guys just as they're getting ready to go into the playoffs, probably not into their, their regular groove. And listen, going into the playoffs, you want to be in that regular groove. Most of the teams that do well have that regular groove going. And I think for the Yankees, it just boils down to they've had some unbelievably bad luck as it pertains to injuries, if they can stay healthy, relatively healthy for a whole season, I think you get a, a different story out of that, that team. Tony, would you be concerned they strike out too much and that's one of the reasons they're not scoring enough runs in these like winner-take-all games? I know they're facing elite-level pitching. I know that's going to happen from time to time in the postseason. But I almost feel like you're not going to win a ton of 9-8 games come October you're going to have to be yeah, able to generate, yeah. manufacture a runner to. You think that's a fair critique of the team? I think that's a very fair critique. I think the one thing we saw uh, watching the Dodgers play, especially last year, uh, they were one of the they were one of the homer happy teams. But when they got to playoff time and they had to manufacture runs, they could do it. And they yes, you're going to run into really good pitch and you're going to punch out, but you got to limit those punch outs, especially in key moments when you got to move a runner, or just the basics of baseball. And sometimes that get lo- gets lost. But come playoff time, those things are under a microscope, and everybody notices them. And if the Yankees, if there was one thing that they could improve on, it certainly is cutting down on the strikeouts and, and, and putting the ball in play. It, when you put the ball in play, you're forcing the defense to make plays, somebody to make a play, and they don't always do that. We've seen that time and time again in the playoffs. So uh, I, I think that's definitely a fair critique. We got Tony Gwynn Jr., Radio.com MLB Insider. He's out in San Diego doing all sorts of great stuff. 
covering the San Diego Padres. And Tony, it must have been such a bummer in 2020. Listen, we're all dealing with it, not being able to go to the ballpark, not being able to support our teams. But the Padres have this kick-ass renaissance season. They're so much fun to watch. I mean, for the folks in San Diego not being able to catch those games live in person, I mean, listen, I get it. It's the world we live in, but that stinks, dude. I mean, it absolutely stinks. Oh, it, 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 was, it, was, it was tough. On one hand, you're, you're appreciative that under these circumstances, we are getting to experience something that we hadn't experienced in, uh, in 14 years. Uh, but on the flip side, you're thinking to yourself, man, if we could have been in the stadium to celebrate all of this, all of this excitement that the Padres finally got a chance to be a part of, man, it, it does make you feel like you miss out. So, you know, I, I think for most San Diegans, they, they waited, right? It was, a, it was a 50-50 type thing. Well, half of you felt pretty good that at least you were getting to participate in this part of a season that we never really get to, to, to have a chance to. And on the other side, you were a little disappointed that you weren't in the stadium celebrating with the, with the team. Tony, final one, with the Chargers leaving San Diego, which is a joke on so many different fronts, so many different levels, have, (laughs) you know, like I still call them the San Diego Chargers. They're the second team in that city. They're like a lost puppy in that city. Don't get me going. Um, But when it comes to the Padres, right, like are the Padres now even more embraced because in in many ways they're like the only team in town now and like, People saying, man, we, we love the fact there's still uh, San Diego through and through. Like, I know if I lived in San Diego, I'd feel that way. Oh, that's exactly how people – I mean, the, the hate for the Chargers out here is palpable. I mean, it, it, even to this day, I mean, it's been a few years since they left to go to Los Angeles and be, what, the eighth or ninth favorite team in Los Angeles behind SC and UCLA and some of the college teams. But here in San Diego, I think – uh, Padre fans, San Diegans in general, that's exactly how they feel. Is, is the Padres have had a have a chance to really open it up? I think we got a chance to see that. I don't know that I've ever seen the type of excitement I saw last year, uh, despite it being a pandemic uh, that I saw. I mean, it's clear that they have stepped into that fold that's been left, that void that's been left for the chart by the Chargers, and I, I think. It's at the perfect time that the Padres are starting to play the kind of baseball that everybody has desired to see. So uh, now it's just about building on it. And, and as I said, A.J. has a tough offseason ahead of him because I think the expectations are going to be a lot higher than they were going into this year as opposed to last year. So hopefully the right guys can come in and, and kind of hold the fort down while the Padres try to get the starting pitching, try to get healthy. Tony, real quick, final one. Better chance Bauer is a Met or a Padre? Oh, I would say because unless he's actually serious about a one-year deal, which I highly doubt, uh, I think there's a better chance for the Mets. I'm not sure the Padres can dig that deep to pay. Tony Gwynn Jr., Radio.com, all the great work with the San Diego Padres. Tony, it's always a blast having you on. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, the family. And, hey, let's do this again soon, all right? Absolutely. Happy holidays to you as well. Great stuff there. That's our buddy Tony Gwynn Jr., who, I mean, you feel the nostalgia when you hear his voice because, listen, he's a smart guy. Baseball runs in his family. And I feel like, you know, so much of dad coming through. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So good for him. He's doing some great stuff, Radio.com, and he's doing all the Padres stuff. That was Radio.com. 
MLB Insider, Tony Gwynn Jr. Insider Calls are brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. We're trying to figure out what's going to happen here in this offseason. Seems like the Mets are in on McCann. Bob Clappish tells you Springer, Bauer, maybe both. I think a lot of Mets fans are time for that offseason. We're back with more calls, more reaction. It's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 